Hey, thanks for tuning in to What Success Looks Like. This is a podcast spotlighting new and established entrepreneurs from diverse backgrounds and across industry sectors. I'm your host, Shana Lee, a talent development strategist and business operations consultant. On this show, I talk to successful business leaders that exemplify what realistic and attainable pathways for success in business really look like. Through these discussions, you will learn how setbacks can generate opportunities, how failure gives birth to growth, and how persistence is a key driver in each phase of your business development. So get ready to feel inspired and motivated by these dynamic business success journeys. Hello and welcome to the show. I am so thrilled to interview today's guest, entrepreneur extraordinaire, mogul in the making, and a very, very dear friend of mine, Michelle Cador. Michelle and I met years ago working together in New York City government. We became fast friends and then we ultimately began our business journeys together as we transitioned out of our city government roles. In fact, it was Michelle's business savvy and technical insight that I leveraged to set up my own business. She showed me how to register my company, advised me on how to structure my LLC, and taught me about different resources that were available to city government in terms of legal advice and accounting support. So I'm super excited um, for her to be here, not only to share her business savvy with you all, but also to share her personal and professional story, because I know that her journey is going to be inspiring and relatable to anyone specifically who is aspiring to start a business or is a new business owner and trying to you know, start or run a business while also navigating the challenges of life. So Michelle, thanks so much for coming on today. Shana, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here with you. Awesome. Um, I'm just happy to talk to you and, you know, I'll let every, I let everyone know that we're, we're good old pals so that this might be a little more of an informal conversation, which I think will be more exciting anyway. But, um, Before we get into that, why don't you tell the audience just who you are, where you're from, talk about the names of your businesses and all the things that your different businesses do, and then we'll move a little bit more into the specifics of what's happening in your businesses. Absolutely. So hello, everyone. I'm Michelle Cador. Um, I'm a New York City native, Brooklyn born and raised. I'm the owner of Yes, I Am Clothing, which is a clothing brand designed to inspire and empower. I am of the two most powerful words for what you put after them shapes your reality. I am also the owner of The Spot NYC, which is a unique fashion boutique in downtown Brooklyn, where we feature 25 plus independent brands by people of color, um, including my own Yes I Am Clothing. I also house an art gallery called Canvas, where we feature local artists of color. And I am the owner of Cadora Advisory Group, uh, which helps small business owners to build, launch, and grow. <laughs> there we go. You're wearing a lot of hats. Um, wow, that's a lot of stuff. We're going to talk about where people can find you and go to support your business and buy the products uh, after the show. So I hope that anyone who's listening, hang on to the end because you have to go check out the spot in Brooklyn and support Black-owned businesses that are, are being curated by Black-owned business. Um, but why don't you tell us what, business idea came first and kind of how did you go from the ideation stage of, of that business idea to the operational stage? Because I think that's one of the the most, I don't know about you, but from my perspective, the most 
exciting part of being a business owner is that idea and thinking about it and dreaming about it as we used to do very frequently. But, you know, it's one thing to think about it and it's another thing to just pull the trigger. So talk a little bit about what that process looks like for you. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, the first business, Yes, I Am Clothing, was actually born out of a fear of being stagnant. So we were working together. You remember at, um, you know, our government jobs, I was working for the city as a program manager, helping other small businesses to grow. And um, I wanted to see how, you know, I wanted a promotion in my field. And I was basically met with a little bit of resistance and I was told, well, we'll see who else is interested. Um, and, you know, it was my fault. I took myself out of the race. But that day I did say to myself, you know what? I will not put my future in the hands of someone else. So I was feeling sorry for myself standing on the corner. got splashed from head to toe by a cab with water in the rain. Oh, it's and just like, you get, it's I, like a movie. It's like one of those rom-coms where like the worst day at work, splashed with water. Oh my God, poor thing. Right. Mouth wide open. And I was like, you know what? This is a wake up call from the universe that um, you've done amazing things before and you will continue to do amazing things. And I am who I say I am. And then Yes, I Am was born. I decided to start Yes, I Am Clothing to inspire and empower others, including myself. And, um, you know, from there, I just, I, I shot the idea to you, Shana. <laughs> you were right behind me. And um, another- And I did love to- it, FYI. Yes. At first I was thinking pillows, but I was like, no, we'll do clothing. And um, my other friend, Vicky, you know, she decided to connect me with someone who was a fashion designer. So the first thing that I did was, um, you know, I started sketching out ideas and I met with Franz Face. He goes by the name of Face, of Francie Face Clothing. Um, You know, I told him he was going to be my mentor and he took me under his wing. And before you knew it, before I knew it, um, I registered my business with the city. It takes less than 20 minutes to do it online. Um, I got my EIN number from the IRS. It's totally free. Registration with the city was like less than $200. And then, um, you know, I got my first website. I started building my website. I had a pop-up shop where I came out with my first five designs And it was at that pop-up shop where I had a stranger sale, what I call a stranger sale, because of course I invited some friends, but this one woman came and she liked three of my shirts, three or four, and she purchased them at my wholesale, at my regular price, $35 each. And I was so shocked. I was like, oh my God, she likes it. And so I knew I had something. And from there, it continued to grow. Wow. So many. Okay. I hope that everyone has a pen and paper. If not, those resources are super helpful. And I'm going to, you know, we'll put how everybody can get in touch with you because another, you know, Michelle will get into this after, but she's also a business advisor and and helps people kind of start those few steps that really are serve as the launch pad to get your business started. So I'm so glad that you mentioned that. Um, and you know, I just want to circle back to, to something that, that came up there was this kind of idea of a wake up call. So kind of worst day ever feeling like I'm not getting promoted in my job, having had this idea, but it was kind of in the background and then one kind of crappy incident led to the next. And here you said, and this is, this is all about mind shift. If you really want to be a business owner, it's about, you, you have to have an ability to pivot and you have to have resilience and, and something will tell you if you have that or not is, is two things could have happened in that like rom-com movie scene. Worst day ever ended by a splash of water in the face and you could have said, it's it, I'm done. 
I, I'm, this isn't for me. I'm packing it in. I'm lament and get depressed and have everybody, you know, feel bad. And then you just soak it in and call it a day or do what you did. And instead of looking at as like, are you kidding me? This is the worst day ever. My life sucks. Nothing's ever going to work out for me. You said, there's an opportunity here. <laughs> like, you know, you made a choice in that moment. I can see this as an opportunity to like, screw this. I'm, I want something better. Or I can see this as like a validation for my life sucking. And you chose the latter of the first one. And, and because of that, you are where you are today. Like that was your launch pad of like making that decision. I am who I am and I love it, love it, love it. Um, so with the, the steps that you took, um, you mentioned face and this this connecting with this individual. Talk to us about that mentorship relationship that you formed and which soon became a partnership. And then, you know, share, if you don't mind, what is so what was so pivotal to your kind of development as a business owner and kind of branching out even on your own, having that mentorship relationship? How did that really help to elevate you? Yeah. So, you know, they say your network is your net worth, right? And this could not be more true because like I mentioned, I tapped into, you know, one of my good friends, Vicky, who she had met face some years before and she knew that he was a designer. And so she said, you know what, he'd be a good person for you to connect with so that he can help you figure out how to move forward with this fashion brand. I knew nothing about fashion. So, you know, I, I said, okay, I'll give it a try. And when we met, um, he had never had a mentee before. So I was very just adamant, like, I need you to teach me and I'm willing to learn. And I guess he saw, he always says that he saw that I was hungry to learn. So he was willing to give it a try. And through doing that, um, he was the one who pushed me to have that pop up. It was his pop up, actually. He pushed me to be a part of it. And I would say like a month after we did that, we started, like Face always had a dream to open up a boutique. And I've always had a dream to run a storefront. So we started dreaming out loud together and saying that it would be really nice if we had a boutique where we would have our brands in the, st in the shop as well as other brands. You know, people who um, are marginalized, looks like us, don't get opportunities as often as other people. And um, we were just dreaming and we would actually say like, you know, where would we open this? Downtown Brooklyn, Bed-Stuy, Williamsburg. And he said Dumbo. And I was like, no one goes to Dumbo. And sure enough, nine months later, uh, Face was doing a photo shoot in Dumbo and he's looking for scissors and he stumbles across the, the shops at Front Street and they had one sign, one little store for rent. It was like uh, 100 square feet. $1,500 down for security and one month's rent. And he calls me. He's like, yo, I think I found our shop. And we had three days to lock it in. And we were like, you know what? We'll make it happen. It it was him, um, another partner, uh, Diamond from Intimate Grind. We brought her in. And the three of us basically just put up our little money and decided to open up this shop. And um, six months later, we, you know, we started with three brands and shop. Six months later, we had 25 brands and shop. And now um, pretty much three years later, the store has pretty much grown 10 times its size, literally. And we've housed at least 50 independent um, black and brown brands. Since. Wow. So, yeah, it's been crazy. So, 
tell me what you think. Like the, to me, I just love that story for several reasons. Um, you know, you, like you said, leveraging your network is super important. And what's funny is, you know, your mentor didn't know how to be a mentor, so he claimed, right? And you didn't, you you didn't really know how to be a mentee. Like you just you were open to learn and you needed to work with somebody who was open to provide you with guidance. And what's interesting about this story is, you know, I think people get really, this is one of those things where it's like, well, I don't have a mentor and I don't know anybody and there is no one in my network, but here you just looked at someone who was a little bit ahead of you, you know, who had, who had launched mm -hmm. his business, who had a, had formed idea, operationalized. He wasn't on a different, completely different playing field. He had just kind of had a head start and had already been established. And so you really look to him to like, and which is exactly what a mentor is, right? Like kind of show me the way. And yeah. in that in turn became a partnership where you actually elevated each other. So just like, how did that make, why do you think that was important? And why do you think it's important for people? Like what advice do you have for people who, who feel like, well, I don't know if there's anybody in my network like that. Like what are some, cause it's not like you have to go to the CEO of a company, but what are some other things you can do to identify the right person to team up with or to learn from? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, always ask your friends if they know someone <laughs> or know someone who knows someone. And simple as that, right? Yeah, it's really simple because everybody knows somebody that's doing something. And so the I, the irony of it was I needed him for, um, you know, creative direction and, you know, just basically teaching me how to start the process. And he needed me for the business management end of it. You know, it was it's like we have a perfect relationship business-wise where I'm the numbers, I do financials, I do the books, I do everything that relates to moving the business forward. And he's more of the creative head, you know, for our new shop. But what was important was that we identified those strengths in one another. And we were like, we can get so much further ahead if we work together, you know? And so for Everything else that I do, like, you know, people always ask, like, who do you, who do you go to? Who's your mentor? I don't have, like, the CEO of uh, Zara's as my right. mentor. <laughs> no, like, I'm, like, I'm looking at my friend who owns a shop, um, asking. He owns a shop downtown in, in Manhattan, and he's been in the game for, like, more than 10 years. I'm like, hey, how do we do this? <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm looking at people who are like me, and they're doing it, too. And by like me, I mean, like, they're just in it right now um my next door neighbor like everyone who who's doing it we just we learn from one another we share tips with e with each other you know like your tribe is definitely what can help you grow if you make your if you develop a good tribe so that's what's been working for me a hundred percent i feel like that's so true it's it's definitely get you know some mentorship relationships in in place but also start building your team or your tribe i know when i first started coaching there was this like, hey, you know, a few months into it, or I've, I've already gotten some clients or operationalized and someone wanted some help. And they, maybe they were doing something similar to me in terms of like people always say it's so funny, like every guest I have on here is like life coaching like you. I'm actually not a life coach, but people are doing like some I'm, I'm more executive coaching, career coaching, business coaching, career. and oh. people would be referred to me. And, you know, sometimes it would be like, well, aren't you afraid that they're going to like do what you do or take your business? Like, no, there's only one me. I want to be able to share that, that resource of like, Hey, here's how I got started. Here's some tips I use. And then you learn that there are so many differences, even in doing the same thing. Like you, you can't recreate his style. He can't recreate yours, but you have those. It's like, I had someone on the, on the other day about bartering. So it's like, when you have that opportunity to help somebody, to give to somebody else who needs it, to give a leg up, you realize that they might have 
access to a network or a specific skill or, you know, something that, you know, hey, I didn't realize I could use that. So here, I'm going to do this for you because I want to. But in the process of making those decisions, you meet people who can do things for you as well. And that's really how you start to cultivate that tribe. So I love that initially you went to face on like, hey, I'm looking at what you're doing. And this is, this is, and he could have said, you're not going to take my spot. Like, I'm not going to bring you up. I'm trying to come up. He said, yeah, come with, let's see if we can do this and I'll show you the ropes. And in the process realized like, Ooh, I could actually benefit from what you'll bring to the table too. So I love that story. Yeah. I mean, that's very important to remember because a lot of people have ideas that they don't share because they're afraid someone else is going to take it. But like you said, no one can do what you can do. So I'm more so that you know, sharing ideas, you never know what people can bring to that table, what they can share, what they can add to your idea. And if they're as hungry as you are, they can easily be a team member. You know, it can help you go faster. So it's yep. really good to, important to keep an open mind. Yeah. I mean, you might meet someone who loves what you do and has this creative passion, but like, again, you don't have they don't have your business savvy and kind of the, the operational structure stuff. So when you're talking to them and you're trying to help them, they say, well, they have 5,000 followers on Instagram. And it's like, huh, okay, maybe we can either you can show me how to build that type of followers or, or you can promote my stuff on your website. So there's always just, I think it's the same thing when people are looking for a job, never network for like, what can you do for me? Network right. for what can I do for you? And right. when you do that, that's how you create. Everybody says, well, how do you, you know, how do you, it's so awkward to create a mentorship if you don't know anybody, but that's how you do it organically. You, you mm -hmm. try to see what can you do to support and serve others. And in the process, that support and service will come to you and maybe through, through different ways. Um, now, yeah. I just want to say, you know, talking about how mentorship and tribes lead to, you know, help to build your success. Um, we talked about all the businesses under your umbrella and your and the spa and and your clothing line. Um, but why don't you talk a little bit about, okay, you're, you're fully operational, you hit, you ran, you hit the ground running, you, you expanded the store, share a little bit more about some of these milestones. You've only been operationalized for how long now? Well, for Yes I Am Clothing, this would be my fourth year. And for the spot come, I guess, uh, May that just passed would be our third year. So, so four years for the first business and mm -hmm. all these other things have happened. So tell us what can happen in four years for anybody who feels like, you know, starting a business, I'll never get to that level of success or, you know, that could take 20 years. Like you've only been four years in. Talk to us about some of the amazing thing that's already happened to you in this in this time. Yeah, so let me preface this with while I was growing these two businesses, mainly the spot and Yes I Am Clothing, I was also working full time as an assistant director in a nonprofit um, organization, managing two offices. And I was a caretaker for my mom. I am a caretaker for my mom. So, you know, there was a lot of juggling that had to be done um, during that time. And I, um, had a point where the spot was getting more of my focus than Yes, I Am Clothing. So I would say at the end of my second year, uh, 20, I guess it was the end of 2018, um, you know, you went through, I'll talk about this in, later, but, you know, the end of the year, I'm tired again. And, um, you know, I started thinking, I really want to, or I started speaking into the universe, I really want to do more for my brand, my, my personal brand, Yes, I Am Clothing. So I spoke to God and I was like, you know, I want to attend conferences. I was a little shy. And next thing you know, by April, um, 
I was able to, I was asked by uh, Create and Cultivate to be a part of their upcoming conference as one of the featured brands. So, you know, it came about that MasterCard had uh, sponsored booths for about five women, um, small business owners, and they were like, you know, we want you to be one of the women who gets gifted the booth and I was like "Uh uh-huh you know like I'm in my pantry at work um taking this call in private and I'm like trying to hold back tears because I could not believe it this is exactly what I prayed for and you know they were like well MasterCard is going to have some ask of you and I was like if they want my first child they can have that you know (laughs) like what is this going to be so it turned out that MasterCard um also had a campaign called her ideas are priceless and so I've been featured on the campaign since um, mid early, I guess, May 2019. And we have developed an ongoing partnership relationship where they're like continuing to help my business grow and put me in the spotlight and help me as an entrepreneur. So that's been a pretty awesome experience. Can can we just say, though, part of that spotlight, which, you know, I say this every time I talk to you because I think it's the coolest thing ever. If I don't know if they're still up, but if you were transit along the subway around this time in May, you would literally see like advertised by the uh mta like on this not just some stack up poster like a certified subway advertisement the ones you see on the train and on the platform of her ideas are priceless with michelle's face on the cover so like kind of cool let's not glaze over that super yeah, important that, i feel like you know sometimes i i'm not gonna lie sometimes i forget until <laughs> you mentioned it but like it is, it was pretty cool. It was like, you know, they said they, they did a subway ad, a digital ad. And so my friend and I went down to, it was over by Union Square. Um, we went to look at it, to see it. And then all of a sudden my face came on and she was like, there she goes, that's her. And I was like, oh God. But that it was cool. Was like, so cool. Yeah. let me just tell you that, um, just as a segue of how like impressive that is because certainly we see you know I used to live in New York for 10 years I always look at the ads especially when you have nothing to read um I went to something a while back and Miki a girl she's um she had think that that brand that makes like um you know under under garments for women and the that like I don't know something having to do with menstruation and it you could the cup or oh, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But she had ads in the subway when she first came out. It was like a, a broken egg or something. I never saw it. But anyway, it's a very, very, very successful company. And nice. I was like, wow, that's you've kind of made it when you're you have ads like that on the subway. And she spoke to that being like a huge moment in her career. So whenever I saw that ad of you, I'm like, oh my God, she made it. She's there. Ah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, you know, that it was it definitely was cool. And it was it's really it's it's awesome to be alongside other small business owners because I get to learn from these women as well. So um, that's, that's a nice uh, experience. And then they're just really supportive. So I definitely, you know, am grateful for this ongoing opportunity. Um, And they're not the only ones. So who else? Tell us about the other companies that have since kind of engaged you and sponsored you in promoting your business. Yeah, so we've had, um, I would say, we okay, so locally we partnered with our bids, the Dumbo bid, and we partnered with the Downtown Brooklyn Partnership, um, and they've like made sure that we've gotten highlighted. So with the Dumbo bid, we launched our festival, Dear Summer Vibes, that took place under the Manhattan Bridge. It was super cool, a celebration of the creative culture. And um, from that, we were able to 
um, get uh, recognized by our current landlord, City Point Mall. So that was like a big step. And we'll talk about that, you know, later. Um, during COVID, though, we, you know, our shop was closed for six months, but we were still working. So me being like the business uh, manager, I was still like, you know, I have to grow these partnerships and still keep ourselves connected. And everything is digital right now. So we need to be on uh, digital platforms. So we partnered with Essence um, Magazine. They have Shop Essence. We decided to partner with them and have some of our products on their um, website. We partnered with Amazon, Afterpay, and um, we also got a lovely feature by Black-owned Brooklyn, which is huge in Brooklyn. And it basically showcases Black-owned businesses in Brooklyn that you should visit. So, you know, it's been... Um, it's like when you're doing it, you're not really realizing everything that's happening. It's like, oh, look, we just did this. But when I look back, it's like, damn, how did this all happen off of us just having an idea and just not wanting, you know, to be average anymore, to just be stacked. But so it's- you know what? This is I have to I have to kind of put an exclamation and underscore here. It's not, though, that it just happened after an idea. And what I think people really need to hear when they hear this is listening to all those things that transpired for your business and for you and to elevate your success and all those connections. Michelle was not sitting in her living room or at her store doing nothing and just MasterCard knocked on the door and and Amazon came and these these amazing community partnerships just kind of showed up. Michelle, like she said previously, said, I have to start going. So when you want something to happen for your business, again, it's the same principle with networking. What can you do to learn more about what's happening in the community, what's happening in business? Go to events, making relationships with people, shaking hands, sharing who you are. If you don't know social media and you want to do anything that involves creating some kind of client base or customer base, you need to get savvy with social media or find somebody who does. But I just want to make it clear that this was not a case of of you just kind of like drinking tea, hoping for the best, and these people just showed up in your life. You put yourself out there. You created relationships. And every single time you talk to somebody, and I remember because you would tell me, I talked to someone, I'm doing this thing, that's great. And because that was successful, what did they do? They referred you to the next person and the next person. And that's how it works. So I don't know if you want to kind of add to that, but I just wanted to underscore that part. Yeah, no, for sure. You know, when I'm speaking about these things happening, I'm thinking more so when you actually start, you never realize how far you can go, you know? Yep. But yep. It definitely, it definitely was, it took work. It definitely was about, like you said, building those relationships, cultivating relationships and looking for opportunities because I'm like, you know, my hat is marketing, PR, business, all of that, like I said. And so I'm always like, you know, where can we position ourselves? Or sometimes it is that someone walks into the shop and they're like, we love what you're doing. You know, we want to connect with you. Oh, I forgot. One of the things that like something similar, we were told about um, Shea Moisture's holiday grant. And so we did the video for the holiday grant. So we didn't know, you know, how many winners they would have. We got surprised and we were one of um, 12 winners for Christmas 2019, right after we moved here and we won $5,000, you know? So it's like, you have to be willing to, when these opportunities come to you, 
don't just sit on it. You have to be able to like move forward and act on it so that you can get to the other side. And so that's what we've been doing. That's it. That's it. And it's super important too, especially at the beginning. Once you know who you are and who you serve, say yes to as much as you can for as much as, as, a, as possibly aligned. And as you grow and as you get clearer, certainly you might have to say no to some things. And so by that time, you have you have gotten much clearer on who you are. I'm sure there's been some opportunities that are not res do not resonate with your brand or or what you stand for. And at some point, you have to be able to know like this is who we serve or this is who we are. But at the beginning, take everything you can get because the, any in terms of that network and putting yourself on a platform because that's how you get yourself out there. And I just love your story, Michelle, because it's so true, right? It was like, oh my God, this is such an amazing opportunity. And you must've thought, is this it? Like, I got it. But then not in terms of I'm, I'm the best, but in terms of like, this oh. won't come around, this won't come around again. And sure enough, one, that exposure and those relationships. And, and honestly, just like you said at the very beginning, like the universe, like the more you move toward those paths and accept those gifts and accept those opportunities, the more you open yourself up to other opportunities and, and get that level of success, which I think is awesome. Yeah. Um, so all of that said, it's so amazing, right? Wow, you're listening to all the things that, that Michelle has done with her business, with her partners in, in a relatively short amount of time for such a new business to achieve that level of success. And those, those types of relationships is incredible and it's very possible. Um, but you know, this I think is really important to share and, and hopefully will help to encourage anyone who is going through through life. And so like Michelle noted, she was working a full-time job when she launched this. So starting a business and achieving the success that she's achieved does not mean you have to sell everything and quit your job and, and you know, try to do everything on your own. And if you don't achieve success in a year, you're dead in the water. You can do these things. You can idealize a business, you know, operationalize an ideation from, you know, your living room or from, you know, after work. And sometimes it takes a little longer to get it off the ground if you have to do that, but it's possible. And the other thing that's possible as Michelle's going to share with us is life is really hard and can throw you a lot of obstacles and challenges. And, you know, we're, we're all in it. You don't have to be, it's kind of like when people say, you know, you're never ready to have kids. It's, you're never ready. Nothing is ever perfect. When you start a business, you don't have to have the perfect upbringing. Is it awesome to be able to start your life with, you know, a million dollars in capital, like <clears throat> some people we know and, mm -hmm. and, you know, have, have their parents give them stuff or have these high level networks. That's great. If we could all have that we would, but you don't have to have that. You can, even though you don't see it in the news and you don't see it on a lot of the platforms, look at Michelle, listen to Michelle's story. Like you can, and she's just beginning. She's just scratching the surface of success, but her story is not one of like peaches and rainbows. She's had a lot of life challenges and I want you to hear some of them. So you can hear too, that even with not the best start or some major challenges, you can overcome those things and you can really kind of move yourself forward. So Michelle, if you don't mind, will you share a few biz, uh, first personal challenges that you, you've overcome, and then maybe we can get into um, some of the business things that have created some challenges for you. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, some of the personal challenges, well, when I first, I went back to school at a later age. Um, I went back to school at 28, I believe, or no, 24. So just to backtrack, I don't really tell this part of my story much, but I actually went to college for my first year and I had to um, basically stop attending because we found out that I hadn't officially graduated from high school. So 
I spent five years pretty much living in fear and feeling like a failure, um, which I guess is like the biggest, you know, hurdle of it all. And I um, eventually, it was my 24th birthday, you know, I was feeling sorry for myself. I walked into, my friends and I went to celebrate my birthday at a little bar. And I decided to walk into a store and get some, you know, drinks. Um, And I noticed that the store was being robbed. So I put the drinks on the table and I walked out, told my friend, just drive, they're being robbed. And, you know, I took that too, as I, I love signs. I took that as a sign, like, you know what, Michelle, you have so much more to do. This is not the end. So just keep going. So from there, I decided to um, study for my, you know, high school equivalently equivalency exam. I did it by myself quietly for two months. I even went to Harlem to take the test so no one would recognize me. And um, I passed. Like I, I called every day to find out my results and then found out that I passed in the top 10 percentile. And that was kind of like my trajectory. I went from like, you know, feeling like an underachiever to an overachiever. Um, and I enrolled in college the next month and it pretty much went up from there. But four years later, as I graduated um, from college, I was also, you know, part home- homeowner for a property, a brownstone property that's very well sought out. And my mom and I were faced with a lawsuit. Um, million dollar lawsuit, multi-million dollar lawsuit, actually. So literally after I graduated in 2013, by May, I graduated and I received my degree February. By May, I was hit with like a $2.8 million lawsuit um, from people trying to take my house. And so that went on for six years. So during the time that I if that was 2013, my brand didn't start until 2016. And during that time, you know, I'm facing the lawsuit Then my mom loses her, she has cataracts, so her eyesight diminishes. And so now, you know, I'm a caretaker, I'm head of household. So we're fighting this lawsuit. I, every time I'm working, my paycheck is like totally going to lawyer fees. We're trying to protect that house and protect our own house. And, you know, it finally all came to a head at the end of um, 2018, where we ended up losing our property, uh, one of our properties, almost lost my other property. And, you know, I dealt with depression. I had social anxiety. I was going through so much. And a lot of people didn't know. But, um, you know, they thought I was just withdrawn and I just didn't want to hang out. But it was more so that I was just trying to get by day by day and dealing with all of these things on my plate and these financial strains. And so, um, you know, it wasn't until it wasn't until, well, I'll say, yes, I am. As much as I say that it's for inspiring and empowering others, I really do mean it was also for myself because there were days where I just didn't feel like getting out of bed where, you know, I just felt like, well, what does it all mean? And then I would put a post up that would like be a positive. I always post positive quotes. And people would be like, I needed that. That really helped me. You don't know what I'm going through. And I'm like, damn, as much as I'm going through it, there are other people who need these messages to keep them inspired. And so that's really what kept me going. Um, so can I yeah. just say two things? One is I never knew that um, that store Rob story. It's so fascinating and it's interesting because I see you as a very cool, calm and collected person. And, and like that, that phrase, just I would associate that with you. Like you can you know, party with the best of them, but I just, you have a very kind of like mellow, you don't get super like 
uh, you don't tweak out or get like super excited and hyper like you're and 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 I think that comes in such handy when you're a business owner is being able to kind of be resilient and just kind of know how to make it work and that that would be a great litmus test like what would you do mm-hmm. if you walked into a store being robbed? Michelle's just like slowly put down the Snapple and walk out where or someone else might have screamed and flipped out and threw themselves on the ground, <laughs> i.e. me. Um, so that was a that was a fascinating thing. But I also want to say, you know, thinking about your that is so powerful to me is where does, I always try to make these connections of like what seemingly isn't working or what was really bad in our lives. And really, when you look back in the moment, it felt just like to the, to your point, I was anxiety, I was depressed, I was kind of feeling this kind of way. But now looking back, you can almost attribute the the birth of your, of your idea for your company coming out of that pain. You lost that house. You had all these challenges um, personally and with your family and with financially. And what came out of it was needing inspiration, needing those those kind of sayings that made you feel good. And, and there lies like the kind of foundation for what became making this a company. But would you have needed that if everything worked out, you know, or if maybe right. one thing worked out and it would be like, ah, oh, my job's good enough. You know what I mean? So it's just I look at really yeah. like the, when you think everything around you is awful, just wonder what that thing is going to teach you or going to lead you to a birth for you down the line, right? Yeah, I mean, it's basically being uncomfortable and being like the first pivotal, you know, um, change was when I felt like, oh, I'm 24 and I'm not, you know, (laughs) back then we would call it the bum age if you didn't have your life together. We knew nothing. But, you know, it was like I was feeling super stagnant and I'm like, what is going on with my life? And then boom, change, like everything changed. And so when I was met with that same feeling again, when we were working in our government jobs, it was like, I've been here before. I know I can't stay here. I am not, you know, that's what I was talking about. I've overcome so much. I've done so much in the past. There's no way I'm going to stay here and just like clock out a pension and that's it. So I always know when it's time for me to you know, sometimes you really don't know because you're in the moment, but you know, you, you realize that this moment of lowness, this uncomfortability is what's about to for- force you to change. When you feel like, yeah, when you feel that, it means that change, you need to change. Change is Yes. Happening. And I love that you said that too, because I think that's super important. You don't have to know what the lesson is in the moment. Just know when something starts to feel bad or when things really do fall apart in your life, whenever you can notice it, and say, I don't know it yet, but I have to, you have to have that hope that like, this is going to turn out. There's a reason this is happening to me. And it might not be directly related to that thing. It might be something completely different, but like something is going to come into my life and I'm going to look back and I'm going to say, if this awful thing didn't happen, maybe this great thing wouldn't have happened to me. So I think that's a really great kind of way to get yourself up. And I want everyone who's listening to realize, and I'm certain there's so, so many people that can relate to your story of triumph and tragedy and and might have thought, you know, I couldn't possibly, you know, just listening to your thought about like graduating from high school. And, you know, there's probably a lot of people who feel like, well, I can't do it. I don't have what it takes because I don't have this degree or that. And, and just listen to this person's story who's been through it and look at where she is now in terms of success. And now that's the personal stuff. But even in business, again, 
those personal struggles and obstacles can actually serve you in business because if you know how to overcome and be resilient in your personal life, you apply that same level of resilience in business. And that is super important. Just like it, it's being resilient is, is important to giving you a happy and fulfilled life when bad things happen. Being resilient is super important to giving you a successful business when bad things happen because bad things will happen. Can you talk about some of the key kind of challenges or obstacles you were faced with in business that you kind of applied some of that resiliency and how you, what you learned from it? Yeah, for sure. So, you know, I would say we opened in 2017, everything was going well. And then by the top of 20 or the end of 2018, the top of 2019, um, my partner and I, we had two other partners. So, you know, business was slow. And we're in a low traffic area and, you know, we're high on the hog one day and then not <laughs> the next. And so it wasn't for everyone. And um, we lost two business partners for separate reasons, but we lost two business partners. So now it's just the two of us with the shop and, you know, we have to pay the rent and we have to um, run the business. So we had gone from expanding to two shops, which is really like 200 square feet, to now having to take a step back and, um, you know, downsize back to one shop. And then we decided to move in with our neighbor, Canvas. Um, I had mentioned him before, but Canvas was the art gallery next door. He was also a little small shop. So we moved our shop into one of his galleries and then we shared his other gallery for production and storage. And um, I remember at that time I had told my partner face, I was like, listen, the next time we move, I want to move into a real retail store. I was like, I want to move into a bigger space that's high traffic. And, um, you know, we we need to go to the next level. I can't. I started getting frustrated, upset <laughs> with being in the shops at Front Street and not that it wasn't like a great stepping stone for us. But now I'm starting to feel like I'm in this small space and I'm not growing, you know. So um, a few months later, we actually did have the conversation with City Point. And amazingly enough, the shop that they offered us happened to be a shop that we actually stood in front of earlier that year, vending, having no idea it was about to be our shop. You know, and we've actually been inside of our shop before two years prior when we had our other partners and um, that we I remember I put things in. the I went to the bathroom. We had to store our things in our very shop overnight. And I was saying to my partners, yo, it would be so amazing if this was our store. And that was like two and a half years before we even thought about having this store. So it was crazy that we got the same space. But that was one hurdle that we had to overcome. We did. We moved in here in November. We brought Canvas with us. So now we're a boutique and an art gallery. And we're putting on for the creative culture. And um, that first month, sales were insane. The second month, um, it was December. Same thing again. Um, I decided, my partner and I, we had always spoke about you know, just leaving our jobs, becoming full-time entrepreneurs by the end of the year. I kept saying it. I put it on my vision board. And sure enough, I think it was December 6th was my resignation date, my last day officially, but not officially. And that was the day that we won the Shea Moisture holiday grant, which was 
you know, another coincidence that that happened because um, we didn't know that was going to happen. So that was almost like a nudge from God in the universe. Like, you know, you're, you're going in the right direction. So everything was great. Um, March, you know, January through March, and then here comes COVID. Boom. So we're in a mall. Our store was shut down for six months. We could not do curbside until June. And we literally just reopened maybe, um, I guess, the week before last. If if not, I think it was, um, I feel it was like it was last Wednesday or I guess a week ago. But um, we were closed for six months and had to figure out, like, how do we continue paying our rent and, you know, keep this amazing space that we have. And um, I managed to, you know, as a team, we managed to keep going. And uh, we were, you know, blessed to be able to reopen our community, our tribe stuck with us. So it was really, there was one more thing. Um, One more thing. So, you know, the hardest part of it too was when you talk about resilience, you know, everyone, they have the PPP loans, the SBA loans that we're all going after. And I had gotten denied and I'm on unemployment. So I had to basically use my unemployment to pay down my debts, get my, my financial life in order. And it took me four months of appealing and appealing and appealing. And finally, I was able to get us um, substantial grant money through those appeals and my persistence. And I could have easily given up, but I decided, you know, we'll just keep going. And that worked out. So, yeah, I think that's a theme in who you are as a person and as a professional. I think from what you described um, to the audience and also what I know about you in terms of when when you know the right thing needs to come your way, even if you end up it ends up you take an L, you you do everything you can to make sure that you've you've you know explored all all possibilities to get what you need to get. And I think that is such a key kind of strength to have in business. And just to quickly kind of go back to the COVID thing, I think COVID is an interesting um, example, this kind of global pandemic, like who who would ever think they'd have to face something like that in business, especially small businesses that maybe aren't used to these kind of majorly, you know, again, for small businesses every month, how are we going to pay the rent and get our revenue up? Um, but maybe unlike some some enterprise level companies that have been through some major challenges, small businesses don't see see it that far ahead all the time. And so this was a huge thing that wiped out so many small businesses and even well established businesses. Yeah. And you know those businesses that had the fortitude to think outside of the box were the ones who who barely survived. You know, just keeping the lights on, but now can stay in business and will thrive. Do you attribute some of that um, ability to do that that you had? thinking about diversifying the revenue. So you have an interesting business model because you do house all of these different businesses, but you actually also have an online platform. I think a lot of times people go from brick and mortar to online e-commerce only. You kind of started your e-commerce platform simultaneously maybe with your brick and mortar. How do you think having that that other revenue stream was, was helpful to you during this time with the brick and mortar business? Yeah, for sure. So, you know, Yes, I Am Clothing was an e-commerce first, and then the store came about. But when I opened the store, we also had an online business. However, the online business was probably 5% of revenue compared to in-person sales. So now when you have COVID and you can't sell in person, you have no choice but to pivot, which was the year, the word of 2020, right? Pivot to e-commerce. And, you know, we had to um, put a lot of ad dollars behind campaigns 
students and really make it attractive and easily accessible to our tribe, to our customers and to new customers so that we can um, continue bringing in some income. So um, it wasn't just with our website, though. I, like I said before, I had made partnerships with other um, platforms, digital platforms, so that I can continue to expand our presence on the internet. So we, you know, partnered, like I said before, we partnered with Shop Essence or Essence Magazine, we partnered with them, we partnered with Amazon, we partnered with Afterpay, which allows, especially during this time, allows customers to buy now and pay later over time. And that was truly instrumental in helping us, you know, uh, keep our revenue moving and be able to at least be able to pay some of our rent and keep going. So I think it's really important that, you know, as a business owner, um, you really not, you don't put your eggs in one basket, but you find ways to expand your reach to your audience as best as you can. Um, Because I'll say one more thing. I also partnered with um, a local business called Cinch Market, where they are aiming to be the Amazon of Brooklyn. So they basically have a website platform where they have local businesses and they offer like free, not free, but they offer one day delivery um, to local cuts to local customers from local businesses. So I'm like anywhere we can get in that makes sense. And it's not going to be too crazy for us when it comes to um, delivering um, for expectations. I'll link us to that partner so that we can expand our reach. Wow. You are just like, and that's the thing that always amazes me too. You just, you never, you always, you're like an idea factory. I mean, you're talk about being stagnant. I can see why that would motivate you to kind of, that would be one of the motivators for you of all people to become an entrepreneur because you're just nothing you do is stagnant every, ever since, I mean, and, and I have to say though, it's, it's incredible. This, this success, I have to warn those people, Michelle has a lot of persistence and a lot of ideas and a lot of resilience and you know, you really have to be a special kind of person to have gotten your business to where she has in a very short time. It is not super common. It's possible, but it's not super common. And that's because she is a unique blend of a bunch of really important skills that it takes to kind of grow to the level she's grown. And part of that visionary is is kind of always thinking of what's next and, and, and moving towards it, which I totally admire. And, and that said, you know, as we wrap up yeah. here, I mean, I could do this for 10 hours, to be honest with you, but um, <laughs> we'll, we'll have our chat after this. What, uh, what is next for the business? What are some of your, some of your goals? Um, first, let me say, I appreciate you. You always, you know, have been a great uh, supporter and keep me in power. So I appreciate all the kind words. I love you for that. Um, What's next for the business is really at this point right now, I'm like, let's just get through now to next year. But really, the goal is to have, you know, international and national um, locations. So I am aiming for, you know, the spot Atlanta, the spot LA, the spot Joburg, the spot Paris, the spot London. You know, that is where I'm hoping to um, have our business grow uh, going forward in the next five years. I also, we have our brand Brooklyn-ish store brand. So I definitely want to see that um, enter into other local markets. We are hoping to place it in Foot Locker and different um, popular stores that are here. 
Um, my brand, Yes, I Am Clothing, I'm hoping to get it into Target <laughs> sooner or later. So I'm like, let me speak this into existence. And then our um, our festival, Dear Summer Vibes, I want that to be on the level of like Afropunk, Curl Fest, Made in America. I want to be able to have Dear Summer Vibes not just celebrate the creatives, the local creatives in New York City, but, you know, worldwide where we can just basically replicate what we've been doing here with this creative platform and give other creatives of color an opportunity in other cities where they are probably not getting those opportunities. So that's it. And that's that's not, you know, I can never say that's it. There's also always something brewing. I have books that I want to write and I'm sure other ideas will come to me. Kador Advisory Group, I want to continue growing that um, business, that consulting firm. So the sky is the limit. I am just one who is about more than seven streams of income. I'm yeah. like as many ways as, you know, you want, I'm building an empire. You want to build an empire. And as many ways as you can think of things that either align or make sense for you, um, and you can put that energy towards it, just build it and watch it grow. Or not just watch it grow, build it <laughs> and work it until it continues to grow and let your money work for you. That's the goal. Yeah. And I I mean, just have to say, you know, Michelle is, again, lucky to be a visionary, but she's also got an operational approach so that she's kind of like the business side too. And a lot of times, if you are a visionary, if you relate to everything she's saying, but but that's the buck stops there and you have a million ideas, but you're, you have challenges with like the business and administrative part of it, get a business and administrative partner or an operational partner on board. If you're an operational person and you feel like you're always giving strategy to people and you want to start a business, it will never grow if you don't have a visionary on board. So get a visionary partner because that kind of constant movement, Michelle could have gone on for six hours telling us her, her desires. And you have to be that way. You have to be that way in business. You have to always be thinking about how you can do more, be more, and grow. Otherwise, you're you're kind of dead in the water wherever you end up. Um, mm -hmm. With all that said, too, uh, Michelle's going to send me. She sent me all of her stuff. So on this, uh, wherever you wherever you listen to this podcast, Apple, Spotify, you're going to see um, the list of her social media platforms and her website. But Michelle, one more time, can you just share like the location of your store? where people can find you and, and what they should find you for, per, per uh, location. Yeah, sure. So for my clothing brand, Yes, I Am um, Clothing, you can find, you can shop it directly at Yes, I Am Inc. as an incorporated, Y-E-S-I-A-M-I-N-C.com. Uh, you can also find pieces from that brand as well as 25 plus independent brands at thespotnyc.com, which is D-A-S-P-O-T-N-Y-C.com. And the spot is located in downtown Brooklyn at City Point Mall or for, you know, old Brooklyn heads, the old Albee Square Mall. Uh, so that's at 445 Albee Square West, or you can enter on Flatbush right across from Long Island University. And um, Kador Advisory Group, my business consulting firm, you can just email me at info at kadoradvisorygroup.com. And I usually respond within 24 to 48 hours. So, so perfect that you ended with that last one, because before we close, um, do you have any kind of final words of wisdom or action step suggestions that, you know, new or aspiring uh, entrepreneurs should take to just move from ideation to uh, operations? Jump. <laughs> That's like my... It. 
Yeah, that's the biggest thing because, you know, I I don't know if you remember when I actually came up with the idea. It was in November and I didn't actually launch until July on my mom's birthday. And in between that time, I was still nervous about, you know, I was building and learning how to really launch, but I was nervous about it and didn't know if it would work. And once, like I said, the stranger sale came, I knew I had something. So the biggest thing is to really just take that leap and that chance on yourself and stop doubting and waiting for the perfect moment. Just do it. What are two tactical steps that someone can take to push themselves over that edge? That if you do these very two simple, very, uh, you know, reasonably cost steps that you will finally, you'll say, okay, I actually started. So the first thing is to register your business, right? And then um, get your domains going, get your business domain. Um, And you said two, but I'm going to give you three. Social media, um, your social media names, you want to lock that in early, Um, but basically registering your business. And I say this because If COVID has taught us anything, it is the importance of making sure that your business is legitimate. There are so many people who have been operating and they've been operating as a side hustle, but they have not legitimized their business. And then because of COVID, they were unable to take advantage of the financial resources available to legitimize businesses. And it's not that their business wasn't real, They just never took those steps because they didn't know how or they didn't, you know. So definitely do that much. Once you see your business is viable, um, which I'm sure it is, no one's really creating anything that's like, you know, hasn't been done already. Just do it. (laughs) Just get it done. Wow. Mm -hmm. That That is such a good point. I'm so glad you mentioned it. It didn't even cross my mind. That is so, so, so important. Like not only will it help you mentally make that shift, I'm officially a business owner, but you know, in these times where if you want to sustain anything that you build, don't try to go around those things and just do it or else, you know, you really screw yourself. (laughs) So I actually, that's super, super important. Um, Michelle, thank you so much. And anyone who who listened to those last few pieces of advice, this is what Michelle can provide for you as a consultant, as an advisor. She has different tiers in terms of just some general information or, you know, walk you walk you through, handhold you through each process. If you want to pull that trigger and you don't know where to start, definitely find her to help you with some of that uh, business advisement. Michelle, thank you so much for sharing your insight and your journey. I am personally... Um, inspired by you as a friend and and as a like a colleague in business and and I'm just so excited to have been a part of of witnessing this journey and um, we'll definitely be speaking soon so thank you so much for coming on thank you so much for having me and you're always an inspiration to me we need to talk after Aww, <laughs> sister love fest you know, thanks so much like, for I know we're like I love you no but I know people are like all right end it shut it down I gotta go to work um but thanks everyone for tuning in and we'll be back again speaking with another inspiring uh business owner and for now take care thank you thanks bye Thank you.